Hey, and welcome back to the Living Hope College Ministry Podcast. My name is Hunter Sewell, and I'm the college minister here at Living Hope. Today is February 11th, and I'm thankful that you decided to listen in today. Last week was a really great week of ministry, and it all started with the Super Bowl party. We had almost 50 of you guys over to our house, and we watched what turned out to be a pretty lackluster game, but we still had a lot of fun. I know that Theo was super pumped to have met so many friends too, and so we're actually going to be trying to do something similar when the NCAA tournament rolls around in March or April, so I want to encourage you to go ahead and be on the lookout for that. Uh, We're trying to have some more of these kind of get-togethers that help us to build a strong community inside of the college ministry, so if you're looking for ways to get connected, those are great opportunities for that. We also had a really good turnout on Wednesday this this past Wednesday too. I want to give one more special shout out to my mom and Holly McDaniel for making and serving the food for us. We had homemade baked spaghetti, Fazoli's breadsticks, and strawberry cake that was come on good. So for those of you who made it, thanks for coming. And for those of you who missed it, we're actually going to be doing it again on March 13th, which is the first Wednesday back from spring break. So I'll look forward to seeing you then. And then lastly, we had a really great turnout for the evangelism training. Uh, Matt Powell was gracious enough to spend an hour of his time with us and to kind of help us think through what the gospel is, how to share it, and we even got a chance to practice it. So we're actually going to be doing it again this Friday from 6 to 7 in the Fellowship Hall on Friday night. The focus of this is going to be on how to use your story to present the gospel. Each of us has a story, and each of our stories have been shaped by an encounter with Jesus. And so what I want us to do is practice telling that story in a way that glorifies Christ. I'm also going to try to teach us how to take a passage of Scripture and to present the gospel through that passage. So I want to encourage you to come and to hang out with us as we practice sharing that good news of of who Jesus is and what he's done. Plus, I heard there may be some donuts or maybe Theo can make an appearance or something like that. So you guys should come check it out too. There's a couple other things I want you all to be aware of. On February 20th, we're going to be having Dr. Thomas Weekly come and speak to us. He's going to teach us on what it looks like to have biblical and God-honoring relationships. So go ahead and plan to be there. And if you have a significant other, encourage them to come that night also. But even if you're not dating somebody, this is going to be a really good night for anybody to come because we're going to get a clear idea of what it looks like uh, to be a godly spouse or what the things are that we need to be looking for in a spouse. And so if I know anything about Dr. Weekly, it's that his messages are always a mixture of encouragement and challenge. So I'm really excited to hear from him, and I hope you are too. For the past four or five years, we've done our college Sunday school slash ABF in relatively the same way. It's been a kind of a teacher-student lecture and discussion style, and I think it's been really effective uh, for certain periods of time. But as with anything, there always comes a time when change needs to be made just to try to freshen some things up. So we've been talking the past few weeks about how to change our time together on Sunday morning so we have something that you guys are excited about and that you're looking forward to because I want our time on Sunday morning to be something that you value and that you feel like you're missing out on if you're not a part of it. So on February 24th, we're going to be rolling out what we're going to call Table Talk. It's going to be a place where you can come find a healthy, welcoming community of people and have gospel-centered conversations and enjoy a good time of fellowship. And my hope is that this would serve as the rally point for college ministry on Sunday mornings. I know that there are a lot of you who come to Living Hope, but don't always come to the 930 class. So I want to encourage you to come and be a part of Table Talk if you aren't already serving during that time. I know many of you guys like to sleep in on Sundays, but I'm just asking you to give up one more hour of your time to spend time in fellowship with other believers. And I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised to find that there are a lot of college students who are just like you in the same stage of life as you and who are wanting to talk about their lives and try to make sense about what's going on in the world around us. So I want to encourage you to come out on the 24th. We're going to have a full-blown breakfast to kick things off. So if nothing else, just come and eat with us. Uh, And in the following weeks to come, just want to encourage you to come hang out, grab a cup of coffee, see some friends, and have a good gospel-centered discussion. Uh, I'm really excited about what this could be, and so I hope you'll join me in trying to make this happen. This past Wednesday, we got a chance to look at one of the more familiar claims that Jesus makes in all of Scripture in John chapter 8, verse 12, where he says, I am the light of the world. 
So the Jewish people had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Festival of Booths, which was in part to acknowledge how God had provided for the Israelites in that year, but also to remember how he had rescued them from Egypt. So when Jesus stands up and proclaims that he is the light of the world, the people that were around would have immediately connected that to to the God that led their forefathers through the wilderness as a pillar of fire. So Jesus' claim to be the light of the world here is a huge, huge claim. But what I found even more fascinating is that Jesus was not only claiming to be the God who gave light to the people of Israel, but also that he was the light that shines in heaven forever. Revelation 22.5 reads, And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. So what Revelation tells us is that there is no need for lights or lamps in heaven, because the glory of the Lord shines so bright that it illuminates everything. So Jesus' claim here to be the light of the world is nothing short of a claim to be God, but it doesn't just stop there. Because in verse 24, Jesus says, Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So Jesus is not only claiming deity in this passage in John 8, but he's claiming to also be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. So in this passage, Jesus is putting on all the expectations, all the weight, all the prophecies of Messiahship on himself. And we can't really separate the deity of Christ from his role as the Messiah, but what Jesus wanted us to focus on here is the idea that unless we believe and that we know Jesus, that we will spend an eternity apart from him. And he goes on after that claim in verse 12 to give proof as to why he can make that claim. And it ultimately ends in verse 28 when he says, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. And Jesus here is foreshadowing his death, saying that when the Pharisees and the Sadducees lifted Jesus up on a cross and they crucified him, that they were unwittingly cementing him as the eternal light of the world. They thought that their darkness would be able to overcome Jesus in the light of the world, but praise God that the light shines over the darkness. And because Jesus went to the cross, he bore that penalty that we deserved. He laid in the grave for three days, and then he came back to life, and he triumphed over sin, over death, and over darkness. We have reason to celebrate. But with these statements in verse 12 and 24 comes a point of decision. If you do not believe that Jesus is who he says he is, then Jesus says that you will spend an eternity apart from him. But if you do believe that, if you do believe that he's the light of the world and that he's the one who's paid for your sins, then you will be saved. Jesus is the culmination of the course of history. All of time is headed to a place where the light of the world is at the center and all evil, all sin, and all darkness and all pain has been dispelled and destroyed forever. But the reality is that there are people that we know and that we love who do not see Jesus this way. They do not know him and they are headed for an eternity apart from him. And that should tear at our hearts. I've seen so much the past few weeks about abortion and sex trafficking and other major issues like that. And we should be upset about issues like these because there's people involved. And scripture makes it very, very clear that every person is an image bearer of God and that every person has worth and dignity, whether they're a baby, a teenage girl, or a full-grown adult. Every person has value. And because of that, we should stand and fight loudly against evil. But my question is, why do we not have the same passion for people all across the world who are dying without this knowledge of Jesus? When are we going to wake up to the reality that there are people that we know and that we love that are separated from Christ, that are walking in darkness and are headed to an eternity in hell? And I pray that it's the same fire and the passion that we have for abortion or for the wall or for immigration or for politics or, heck, even sports. I pray that that would pale in comparison to the passion that we have for people who are lost in their sins. Jesus doesn't claim to be a way to heaven, but he claims to be the way to heaven. Which brings me back to our challenge for this semester, which was to make two disciples. And this is our primary task as followers of Christ. And our primary concern should be for people who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is of an eternal importance, and we need to live our lives in a way that makes this known to the world in both our words and our actions. So let's be about that. 
Let's pray for people who don't know Jesus, and then let's be bold and go share with them. For this week, we're going to be finishing up John chapter 8. In this passage, Jesus tells us that if we are truly his disciples, then we've been set free from sin. No longer are we slaves to sin, but we can submit ourselves to him as a slave of righteousness. And we can begin to walk out what that looks like. And I want to encourage you to start reading in John chapter 8, verse 31, and read through the rest of the chapter. Also, if you want to kind of get a, a leg up and be ahead, you can go ahead and read Romans 6, verse 15 through 23. I'm going to be there as well. In other news, Thursday is Valentine's Day, so I wanted to give you guys my top 10 Christian pickup lines that are sure to land you a Valentine. I got these from the internet, so I thought they were funny, so I wanted to share them with you. So first one, now I know why Solomon had 700 wives, because he had never met you. Second one, hey girl, would it be breaking the eighth commandment if I stole your heart? The word says to give drink to those who are thirsty and feed the hungry, so how about dinner tonight? That one's one of my favorites. Four, is it hot in here, or is that just the Holy Spirit burning inside of you? Bathsheba had nothing on you. Hey, girl, I heard Jesus called. Mind if I do the same? <laughs> Looking for a knight in shining armor? Well, I happen to be wearing the full armor of God. You can call me Pharaoh because I will never let you go. My friend told me to come and meet you. He said that you're a really nice person. I think you know him. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his name. And then this one's probably my favorite one. Hey, my parents are home. Want to come over? Uh, hopefully you guys have much better game than that. But if not, there you go. I'm sure one of those is, is uh, guaranteed to land you a, a Valentine's Day date. Thanks for listening. This is the Living Hope College Ministry Podcast. I hope to see you soon.